1: This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.
2: Hello all, welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host, Ajit. I would like to wish all our listeners a very happy and prosperous New Year. Today, to help us unpack the just-ended India-Sri Lanka t 20 series, as well as discuss some uh, some of the other cricketing games and off-field cricket news, we have a very exciting guest joining us. Somebody who can uh, talk a little bit more about uh, cricket from the Emerald Isle, Estelle Vasudevan. Hello, Estelle. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Ajit. Thank you so much for having me.
2: First of all, I always ask all my guests this question, right? So what got you to cricket? Coming from the South Asian subcontinent, I mean, maybe not a lot of uh, surprises that you are very much interested in cricket. But where would you start it? Where where did the journey start and how come journalism with cricket?
1: Yeah, actually, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, coming from a South Asian household, uh, it's not, it's not a surprise that uh, cricket is obviously a big part of my life just you know looking back to my childhood I would say it's it's just a love of of sport that my parents had I mean we grew up with posters of you know uh, guys like Alan Donald on our walls we followed Mm -hmm. athletics netball whatever sports you know Um, so it was I think generally just a love of sport uh, which eventually I mean I grew up I was a child just just getting into school when Sri Lanka won the World Cup so I guess that was also a major major kind of a moment that which kind of made cricket mm. what it is in Sri Lanka uh, and I mean I had an older brother so we played we played cricket at home you know my dad used to train him a little bit and we got a bit of that training as well so I mean it's a lot of things but generally I would say just just coming from a household that was into sports. Um, Mm -hmm. In terms of journalism, actually, um, it's actually a funny story. It's not, it was never intended uh, that I would make a career out of this. I mean, I had, I believe, just completed my bachelor's degree. And, uh, Mm. you know, I I, I was working at at a primary school in Colombo and decided to, quit the job and look for something else that would be relevant to my degree uh, right. and I came across this advertisement on the paper.com calling for freelance writers editors etc and and, mm. and also photographers and I had just gotten into photography so I thought look this is a great opportunity for me to get in as maybe a writer and then collect some money and get the camera gear I needed to become a sports photographer or you know at least do it as a hobby Uh, but that never happened Uh, Mm -hmm. I ended up writing and you know couple of months after joining as a freelance I was offered a full-time role as a sub-editor that was in 2016 Uh, and you know seven uh, seven years later Mm -hmm. uh, I'm still here obviously a lot of changes have gone you know come and gone during that period but yeah
2: it's clear you still love what you do right so you're still here and uh, long may that career grow and uh, flourish for you so at the end
1: thank you as they
2: say if you if you really do what you like it's not it's not work so i guess you you're also very much into it so that's a good part so ever tried playing a game or ever play tried playing the game itself for yourself by you know at any level school level or higher
1: yeah i mean uh at school level, we didn't really have a leather ball team where high school. So uh, we did play some softball cricket for a couple of years. But once in that same juncture where I was looking for a job actually uh joined a club in Colombo called the Coles Cricket Club.
2: Yeah um,
1: actually famous actually one, one yeah. of the well yeah, yeah, it's a well known club. Uh players like Angelo Matthews uh, have represented them. Uh I joined Coles Cricket Club just you know uh to play recreationally and played a couple of seasons of division 2 cricket oh, um okay for them yeah um I, but when i say division 2 uh, it's not the same standard as what you would find uh division 2 in maybe india or you know other countries it's it's mm. i mean i'm not being modest and i say it's not a very high standard uh but yeah uh represented them for a couple of seasons and then of course you know uh, you have to make a living as well right so hmm. I had to let go of that when uh, I took on a full full-time job
2: nonetheless interesting so you actually transitioned from a school teaching job to something that I assume you studied yeah. something like media or journalism or uh, photography you said uh, no
1: actually I didn't uh, I studied I studied psychology I have a master's in uh, uh, applied psychology Wow,
2: now that's serious stuff, right? So uh, that gives me the idea, maybe not going too deep into what you did and what you plan to do anyway, but uh, probably a school teacher's job was sort of a better fit than a sub-editor in a sports Mm -hmm. magazine. But well, we find our own way. Sometimes as they say, a degree is just something you start off with. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now, so uh, I'll be a bit careful with what I say. After all, I'm talking to a trained (laughs) psychologist. Uh, going back, if we were to look at the games, so let's start off at the test matches. So, did you get a chance to catch up uh, with any of the Australia South Africa game that ended today?
1: Yeah, actually watched that last couple of hours on TV, and i was just thinking, you know, what a pity it is that South Africa finally found their fight when basically series is gone mm-hmm. and there's nothing they can do do about it, because just coming into coming into that three match series. South Africa-Australia is always competitive, right? And it's it's one of those few series outside of, you know, the big three facing each other mm-hmm. where there's genuine interest and competitive cricket. So overall, really disappointed that there wasn't a fight from South Africa per se. Um, just, you know, you kind of wish that teams like South Africa- Were more competitive Because they make the game So much richer for it Right
2: Absolutely So and They always had a proud record touring Australia Right So Mm -hmm. they never lost a series there I mean Australia never lost a series In South Africa Until that uh, whole Match fixing fiasco tour Yeah But That was the blip Otherwise you know Australia Would always go to South Africa And win there And South Africa Would always come to Australia And win there So something like this Right So for the first time Apparently that uh, Trend is broken And what a time So If anything, South Africa, before they came and started this tour, were in a really good position to try and uh, win. Uh, Try and at least qualify for that World Test Championship final. Now we don't know because now at least they managed to draw the last game, but the series was gone. And for themselves, they will now need to at least win both the tests at home against West Indies and hope you know Australia can cause an upset or two while they're playing uh, against India in India right that's the that's the only hope now south africa have because that would have been a fantastic final i think south africa australia have a similarly storied rivalry in world cricket compared to any other yeah. big two teams india pakistan or whomever right australia england whomever so this is fantastic and uh that would have been very nice but well it might see it happen let's see how that goes so to go back to the last day so i caught a little bit of the first session before i went to bed here and look you are absolutely right they finally discovered their fight and it was for me. It came through two tailenders. So basically, first of all, Marco Jansen and Simon Harmer showing a little bit of a mm-hmm. uh, little bit of uh, you know courage, and then uh, later on, I think Maharaj played a very sensible innings, right? So yeah. they made sure enough time was taken out and enough runs were scored that the top order coming back would finish the job. That is, they could mm-hmm. save the test. So, but mm-hmm. again, two days were lost and. Uh, Paja would yeah. be a bit uh, bit miffed at that. He didn't get a chance mm-hmm. to come back and finish his double under it. But they had no other choice, I suppose. They had to sort of uh, make use of the time that was available because uh, first day they lost some time, third and fourth day almost complete wipeout. So uh, when you look at the fourth day, there was some, some play, but South Africa did not help themselves. I think there was a lot of uh, urgency from the Australian bowling perspective that Josh Hazelwood and Pat Cummins, there was a lot more short-pitched bowling. You saw that even on the fifth day morning. And so they had a clear plan of attack, even on a fairly docile sort of a pitch where spinners should be more effective, you may think. They bowled well, docile in bowling. And they went in with only two bowlers. It was almost as if you're playing on a subcontinent pitch, you know, two fast bowlers only and three spinners, right? So... At least for me, all of those were very interesting sort of takeaways. But Hazelwood came back strong. He took four wickets, Cummins three, and Lyon two. And Travis Head took that one wicket. Travis Head has sort of put his put his foot forward solidly as sort of a backup spinner to start off because yeah. their next door will be that of India. So just to look a little bit further ahead for both these teams, so Australia will be touring India, right? So if we quickly look at that, yeah. do you think this is now a settled lineup? if they are to include maybe one spinner extra or even not include that one spinner with two spinners in head and lion and maybe even three fast bowlers you can see somebody like Cameron Green coming back right because Cameron Green will immediately give you that balance where he can bowl fast and he can Mm -hmm. bat at six or seven right for Australia so do you think that's a competitive lineup Australia can bring to India and hope to cause an upset
1: yeah absolutely I think they'd be really happy with the fact that David Warner finally got runs I think that that was one area
2: Mm. that
1: they must have really been worried about Um, but on the bowling front they've got so many options don't they like I mean fast bowling they've Mm. got three to four of the best fast bowlers you know in world cricket in test cricket right now Mm. Uh, and it's the spin department I feel that Nathan Lyon, obviously, you expect him to play, but Ashton Agar is still kind of making his way into Test cricket uh, because he doesn't really get um, consecutive games, does he? He he doesn't get a long no. run in the team just because they do they do tend to play with the three quicks. Um, I'd be interested to see how they line up. Whether the the the, the availability of Cam Green means that. They don't opt for three out and out quicks and whether they go for the two spinners. But I mm. think they are as, as 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 good a team as you can expect going into India. I still think India's obviously got the upper hand. I mean, better teams have toured India and you know just got blown away. Mm. Better Australian teams, certainly. Um, so it's gonna be tough. Uh, but I think At this point of time, with the available players, I think this is pretty much the best lineup they can put forward.
2: I agree with you there. Also, look, I think India have a lot to gain if they were to win the series against Mm -hmm. Australia comfortably. They put their best foot forward of trying to qualify for the same World Test Championship final. They were there last uh, year and they'll uh, last two years and uh, they will want to go back and try to win it this time. So, that's something India has to look forward to. In any case, that was Australia, but South Africa, like... I I thought they were completely, their bowling lineup was completely misfiring here, especially Rabada, who's sort of covering up so much of anyone else. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, yeah, Lungi Ngidi is always a bit on the costly side. This game, they decided to rest him and give Marco Jansson a go, left arm, different variety. So, for me, it's their fast bowling lineup really not firing. Keshav Maharaj also had a very quiet tour, I think. So, I think their entire lineup, uh, bowling lineup, needs to wake up or something when they go home. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I kind of tend to disagree. I think the problem with their entire performance was the batting. It's just Mm -hmm. that with the batting not firing, the pressure was always on guys like Rabada, Nokia to kind of blow Australia away in every innings. And you know that's not going to happen in Australian conditions, right? And particularly, you know, looking at the form that Australia have been in this World Test Championship, they have pretty much, you know, they've won everywhere. Um, at least a game like I mean if you look at Sri Lanka they beat Sri Lanka in Sri Lanka which they didn't manage to do in their last tour Uh so mm. South Africa's batting a lot of people are calling it maybe the worst batting lineup they've brought to Australia and I, I tend to agree <laughs> in, in the sense that it seems like there was no fight in that and that's why I mentioned like you know it's good I mean it's sad that they Found their fight, but it came so late in the tour, because when you just when you watch mm-hmm. guys like Kyle Verena batting, they've obviously got ability, right? But then
0: right.
1: they receive no support from the top order. Dean Elgar had one of probably his worst tours, um, and you you have to wonder whether he stays in that lineup. Um, uh, Henry Klassen, I feel, is not a number three batter, but you know, with with limited options. He had to take on that role and he didn't do too well. So I think the batting was definitely the area of concern for them, which which is sad because, I mean, again, going back to the type of performances they've had in Australia in the past, and you've got guys like Graham Smith, mm. Luplicy, AB DeVilliers, the type of performances they've put in. And then they, you know, succumb without the fight almost in this, in the in the first two tests at least. It's just really sad to see. I know there's a lot of, you know, lot of lot of things going on outside in terms of the the amount of cricket, first class cricket they play, or, uh, you know, how how good the system is in developing players, and you know whether it's worth investing in first class cricket and developing players when you play so little, test cricket, right? Mm. Um, so I wouldn't really. I, I mean, the bowling was disappointing. But I would say that the main issue they have is the batting and they'll need to address that. Like looking at things now, it's highly unlikely that they'll make the World Test Championship final. Um, so maybe, you know, during the West Indies series, they can try some new things out, try try get in, getting in some new batters.
2: You, I think, hit the nail on the head. I think, first of all, Dean Elgar's form would be a worry, right? So, and look, they need a slightly more solid number four, Um, I really like what Temba brings to the team. He always makes runs when the team is in crisis. But you need somebody who can score big runs. Temba somehow, he makes gritty 30s, 40s, 50s, then he gets out. Um, You need somebody who can carry on. So when you name those, those are like very, it's like, Four best all-time players. Like you add Kalis and Amla to that. I mean, what is that top six, right? For South Africa. The ones they used to travel with. That's like their top six best forever, I think. So now, they're in the rebuild phase. So a lot of it falls on Dean Elgar. His form is very crucial because he always makes crucial second inning runs. Much like uh, Dimuth Karnaratna. Because I always look forward to that a player contributing in the second innings. is very important
1: that mm, yeah.
2: way, right? Mm-hmm. So his failures, I think, and it was sort of targeted. It was sort of worked out by Australia beforehand. They always yeah. like sort of targeting the captain. It's it's very mm-hmm. much the Australian way. And they, it worked this time. And I think it was short-pitched bowling. You saw a bit of that on the fourth day yep, yep. in the first innings mm-hmm. of uh, South Africa in this game. And it, it, it's, it's tough. But I think The problem is still there that they are unable to make 400 consistently, right? I mean, how many test matches will you win if you can't make 400 or how many test matches can you save if you can't make 400, right? So Mm -hmm. the problem with bowling is there. The bowling was misfiring, but uh, absolutely you cannot get away by scoring 250 or 213 in Australia Mm. at all times. So that's the correct thing. But uh, they have a few good names you hear now and then. People like Tenish Brown or uh, you know other people who come and go into the squad, they need to take mm-hmm. the chances. Henry Claassen was given an opportunity in this game, right? So, a lot yeah. they have to fix, but probably they deserve a break. They have a, a the T20 tournament coming up. I don't know how much mm-hmm. of it will help mm-hmm. as a prep for the yeah. remaining Test games, but they have that. So they'll probably take a break. But the most important part is they need to regroup properly. At the end, they'll yeah. be playing at home. West Indies will not be the same quality of opposition. West Indies themselves had a horror tour of Australia right, earlier mm-hmm. in, in the season. So they'll have to sort of uh, make sure they wipe the floor with West Indies, for the lack of a better term. I don't think it'll be that easy. They're, they would be yeah. more closely yeah. matched compared to Australia, I think. So it's going to be an interesting series. I'm going to look forward to that. So that's that's the, let's say, the uh, wrap-up of this tour. Now, if you go to the other one, what a way to finish the tour. For uh, Pakistan, New Zealand. I mean, last 15 minutes of the game, it would have gone absolutely anywhere. Any team could have won
0: yeah,
2: uh, or it could have been a draw or a tie. All of those because wickets kept falling, right? So, did you get a chance to catch the ending of that game on Friday?
1: Not really, but I've been following kind of the media thing and it, it's so infuriating, right? <laughs> I mean, result, hmm. I mean, all all four results available and then you walk off a bad light. is. One of the greatest, I think frustrations in Test cricket is this issue, right? When you know that a result can be reached, uh, just going off for bad light, just it, it's honest I think it's something that seriously needs to be looked at because mm-hmm. when there particularly when there are lights available, right i i I understand on grounds where there are no lights and it could be a danger to a player. Playing, um, you know, in bad light lighting conditions, but right. this wasn't the case here. And I think Pakistan should be also disappointed. The fifteen in was it three overs to get? It's not right. impossible, right? Just overall, it was a it was a disappointing end to what what could have been a fantastic test match.
2: Absolutely. So I mean, the very fact that both teams got to that point, I mean, at the way at the end of the day, four you thought new zealand would be favorites eight wickets left but pakistan you never write mm-hmm. off right last day fight back yeah again what a hundred surfers what an amazing amazing hundred yeah. what mm-hmm. a comeback series with the bat, deservedly the man of the series and also the player of the match right finally he got to that hundred and Saud yeah. shakil sort of uh he's showing he's the next pujara in the subcontinent if i may use that term he's really batting time again second innings he soaked up a lot of time nearly mm-hmm. you know uh three hours to uh, score 32 Agha Salman Sort of proving his worth I think Aga Salman Shows He can be An all uh, An all format Or all conditions mm-hmm. Test match player At least Where he can uh, You know He can be He can bowl useful Off break But come back At 7 And then make sure The tail contributes Right So And then Naseem Shah You are right When you said You know New Zealand sort of Never gave up So they In the end yeah. You saw They were happy To crowd the batsmen Trying to take Those two extra wickets but, uh, you know, it was still two or three big hits. And Nasim Shah was yeah. perfectly capable of that. So was Abrar. Eh? Mm-hmm. So if you had spinners bowling and the spinners were sort of, you just waited until one or two balls came close to you and you hit hit it away because there's nobody in the outfield.
1: So mm-hmm.
2: very, very interesting end. And you're absolutely right that uh, they could not find a way to keep the lights on and get those additional 15, 16, 18 balls that could have you know, produced mm. a result one way or the other. But if anything, I think uh, New Zealand will be a bit more disappointed. One wicket, you would think, has slightly higher chance given that you're yeah. 11 and yeah. 10 are batting. Absolutely. And uh, Pakistan may have breathed a sigh of relief. But nonetheless, because when that wicket fell, 27-28 runs required and 5 or 6 overs left, I was really happy with the approach that Naseem Shah and Abramad took, where if the ball is closed, they'll hit it away. There's no mm-hmm. point in blocking every ball, right? So just blocking for the sake of blocking. So I really like that. So all in all, a wonderful end to a test match and wonderful end to a test series. And New Zealand, yeah. I mean, quietly, I think whenever they tour Asia, they're the, they some of the most competitive teams when they tour Asia, I think. And I'm talking when Pakistan played in the Middle East as well as India and Pakistan, Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. wherever they come, right? So they would be, in the end, a little bit disappointed. They couldn't complete a series win because they were the let's say the dominant team across the two tests and mm-hmm. pakistan would be a bit relieved <laughs> they didn't lose another test series that would have been very bad for barber because uh the way the series ended in australia it was not um, sorry the yeah. england series was not a good one and another series loss would have been very heavy uh complete write-off of a home test season would be very bad i think but okay i think uh from my perspective, uh, that that was a very entertaining and again another case for a five-day test. Why why certain in certain places yeah. you should not even yeah. consider playing a four-day test. You should mm-hmm. just say five because that gives it a chance. So because when you're playing in yeah. South Asian conditions in the winter, sometimes light is not as steady as you may think. So, mm-hmm. well, I hope the powers that we are listening and seeing this. So this is one thing. Now, if you were to go on to the India Sri Lanka series, right? So. Yep. The third game took place yesterday and India beat uh, Sri Lanka to take the series. But I thought mm-hmm. I thought Sri Lanka will not be very disappointed in the way they played. They could be quite proud, actually.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think just looking, thinking back to what was expected prior to the series, I don't know if anybody expected Sri Lanka to win the series. Um, mm. But they very nearly did, right? I mean, just the first game so many you know what ifs if Sri Lanka had you know just those little things that if Sri Lanka had done right they would maybe have come into that third game 2-0 up and already having won the series so I mean that's the game right it's a game of fine margins and you don't know what would have happened if Sri Lanka had won the first game how India would have approached the second Um, but I think you're right I think Sri Lanka can be happy with their performance in the three games I think. In pressure situations, for the most part, they were able to kind of deliver. Obviously, the the middle order is, again, still a cause of concern and maybe even the bowling options. But overall, they would be satisfied because even if you look at the last game, right, it it was just an unbelievable innings from Sky that took the game away. Right. Um, Not much coming in from the others, so those are the kind of games you kind of have to write off right I mean it was a special innings Mm. it's nothing much that the bowlers could have done at that point because no matter where they were bowling to him he was finding a way to find the boundary so uh, just one game that you have to kind of put put aside because it wasn't for lack of effort or you know a bad performance but rather you have to give credit to the opposition and how he how well he played
2: absolutely i mean i think he played a blinder i mean i don't see a way most teams could have found a comeback from that And uh, that 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 you're right would would have been tough but the first two games were a lot closer and you're right in the first mm-hmm. game i i i was actually not looking at the last five hours of Sri Lankan innings when i come back and uh, uh, sorry Indian innings and when i come back and look at it i'm like Really, how did they concede so many in the last five hours? I mean, India should not mm-hmm. have scored more than 150, right? Yeah, and yeah. then they somehow gave away more runs. I think credit goes to Huda and uh, Akshar Patel. Akshar Patel, wonderful series. I think uh, sort of, again, yeah, he showed yeah. what he's what he can do in home conditions. Big with the bat, very good with the ball. So, you're right. You highlighted one of the issues I wanted to discuss, the middle order. Charita Salanka and uh, Banuka Rajapaksha, really not that mm-hmm. big... Uh, Middle-order showing, normally you would expect. Patum Nisanka, one of those rare failed series, he's been good. He's been pretty good for Sri Lanka in the top of the order, I think, in the limited-overs games. But you can tell mm-hmm. me if I'm sort of reading that wrong. Kusal Mendes made a comeback, good comeback. He had decent scores. But for me, the people who really stood up was the captain, Dasun Shanaka, Vanindu Hasaranga and Chamika Karunaratna. I think they did a wonderful mm-hmm. job, right? So with the bat, with the ball, sometimes both. And Shanaka, I mean, I think he loves playing India.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, looking at his scores, he seems to really enjoy the bowling that they dish up. And it's also, I think, a confidence thing. When you know you've done ag- done well against a particular team and you're mm. in familiar conditions, that probably really helps him too.
2: In any case, I, I'm thinking somebody made a mistake or somebody missed a trick by not picking him in the IPL. So I hope, you know, there are mm-hmm. always second, third goes when somebody is missing, injured, something somebody comes in, this guy is a very good player because he's an all-around player and he has some captaincy skills as well. So, he can mm-hmm. be a part of your leadership group. So, I'm hoping somebody, some team picks him up and uh, uses the talent he has. And considering he'll be playing mostly against Indian players in these conditions, I think he's a really good bet. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, course, yeah. Um, that's one thing. But also, I thought, I thought Hasaranga, the bowler, was a little bit missing. Right? Spinner's the uh the threat you normally get with uh, tikshna and hasaranga together that was not really on display maybe indian batters played them well but also it's it's, it's something that they will look to evolve hasaranga will never give away too many runs but mm-hmm. uh, he was not as penetrative as normally you would expect right so i think okay uh, second game it was overall very high scoring game even hasaranga went for runs but when you look at the third game and the first game He's there or thereabouts, considering how much of the total that the opposition are giving away. For me, uh, I, I would expect him to get more wickets. That's the most important thing, right? So, uh, for me, that was a little bit of a disappointment. But okay, overall, Kasun Rajita has a thing or two to learn, I think. Madhushanka is sort of picking up mm-hmm. the cricket. He's, he's sort of new in the setup. So, a lot falls on these two. Uh, that is, uh, mm-hmm. Captain Shanaka and Hassananga. And, they're very, they are very uh, let's say, experienced in T20. They played across different mm-hmm. conditions. And they're very sort of also gun-gun bowlers. Uh, ch- the captain doesn't bowl much himself. But I think he can do more. I mean, he believes more with yeah. cha- either Chamika or one of these other bowlers bowling at the death. I think I wouldn't write write him off. He has all of these clever variations. But it's, it's about utilizing, let's the, uh, the yeah. suppose, the players that you have in the squad. So. Overall, I think Sri Lanka would not be too disappointed with this result. But uh, yeah, they have some things that they would want to pick up. Mm-hmm. But I think India, no? from an Indian perspective, they are actually showing the real way forward in T20s. The big three or four are rested air quotes. So you can, I'm talking of Rahul, Rohit, Kohli, and Panth. Right? They are not there. That's good. So there are all of these other people, Rahul Tripathi coming in, Shuman Gill getting a consistent mm-hmm. run. right? Ishan Kishan probably should be the uh number one player um at least opening option for india limited overs from yeah, now on yeah right the one is sort of now uh, done with it i think the experiment is done he was sort of kept mm-hmm. in the team for the lead for sort of a captaincy uh go now yeah, that
1: yeah
2: and again india will probably look to see this, to build around this core because i i like what uh hardik brings to the team both as a player as well mm-hmm. as the attitude i really like the attitude that hardik brings and you have sky you have other people around him huda Right, so it's okay. These are the players that can take India forward. I mean, Sanju Samson got injured, but otherwise he he'll, he'll be in this mix as well, right? So it's it's pretty good. Mm. I think India have sort of found the formula. If they stick to it, come 2024 when the next T20 World Cup comes, they'll have a very strong team as well that they can put on, uh, put on the field to try and uh, you know. Yeah, it,
1: but the thing is with India is that they've been so good in bilaterals and in between World <laughs> Cups, but. You know, come the big tournament, something goes wrong for them in 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 one of the crunch games, and then they're knocked out and back to square one. So I think they'll. What I liked about Hardik was the kind of the approach of you know I want to put my players under pressure. I wanna I want to try some new things. I want to try out uh, like new strategies. You know, bat first when record suggests that bowling first is the better option because i felt like he's trying to maybe prepare the team for any kind of situation they might come up against mm. uh, and and when you look at it these t20s don't matter right in the grand scheme of things they don't they don't count towards world cup qualification or you know any kind of championship so
0: mm.
1: they they are the ideal ideal playground for you to kind of experiment a little and hardik i thought that did that perfectly i would be interested to see when India do play again, whether the whether someone like Tripathi makes a squad, because I mm. feel he's mm. he's one guy who maybe doesn't he's not going to maybe get you the 60s, 70s, 80s in every game. But that mm. intent he shows at number three, or maybe if he opens, is kind of invaluable in today's game. Uh it's it's kind of what Sri Lanka look for. From charit or looked for from Charita Asalanka during that 2021 World Cup, right where they did so well. Mm-hmm. That kind of intent, and and if you think about it, like Tripathi is coming in there, knowing that maybe if he fails, he's going to be written off for a long time. Uh, knowing that you know he might not get this spot again once mm-hmm. everybody is fit, but he's still fearless enough um, to you know play his normal game. And that's, I think, what's, what is the most impressive thing about him. And also the fact that he can play anywhere in that batting lineup, right? He doesn't necessarily have to be in the top three. He's got the stroke play. He's got the game to kind of play anywhere in that batting lineup. So I would love to see him uh, in in India's future squads. But just going by how things have been in the past, uh, you kind of feel that he might be one of the guys who makes way when when they're back to full strength
2: i really hope you know you are you hit the again the nail on the head i think so people like him needs to be a part of the t20 squad and i hope pandya the captain gets a bit more of a say in what sort of a squad mm-hmm. that he would like to take yep. forward these are the sort of people the fearless sort of approach not not going for a steady 150 but taking the risk of going for 200 or 120 mm-hmm. so going that uh, going that uh risky route is probably the way forward in T20s and you are right Pandya brings that approach and uh I hope he gets to uh, more of a say and he's able to try and take that forward right that's one thing now if you were to look at Sri Lankan cricket perspective there's a ODI mm-hmm. World Cup here so how do you see the 11 or the 15 the squad shaping up uh, do you see many more changes in the squad when it comes to the slightly longer format the 50 or format
1: no i think sri lanka have a reasonably you know established uh lineup so far or, or at least a wider squad maybe 20 mm. 22 players who they'll be looking at going forward uh i do think uh, avishka fernando's availability is a big big strength to them because uh you've got Obviously, in the T20 scene, we, you've, you've ca- kind of gotten used to seeing Kusal Mendis open alongside Patum Nishankar. Um, And that's where he's been successful. But in ODI mm-hmm. cricket, we've seen him being a lot more successful in the middle order. And Avishka fernand obviously, is, a, is the type of guy who can take on the fast bowling. So good off the back foot, T-picks length so early. Um, so he's he he would be a really valuable asset, I feel, uh, at the top of the order in, in ODIs so hopefully we'll see that you know i think the type of uh, approach sri lanka show in the in the three odis to come against india will kind of give us an insight into what they are looking at um for the world cup as well that is if sri lanka do qualify uh, mm. currently sitting in not such a not such a great uh, kind of scenario uh, where they might have to play the qualifiers in zimbabwe and when you look at the qualifiers in the past it can be a really, really tough kind of tournament to come through. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: if Sri Lanka do play the World Cup, do end up qualifying, I think this series will give you a very strong indication of what type of roles they're looking for from each of the players. I think the bowling, definitely they will try a few things because I mean, you don't want to find yourself in the same situation as you did in the T20 World Cup where you had so many injuries and you have to, had to keep shuffling players around like for example Kasun Rajita was I don't think at any point considered a strong contender for your T20 or ODI side hmm. but because of the injuries he kind of came in in the World Cup he did he did reasonably well and now he's he's playing in India as well so um, I think the bowling apart from Hasaranga uh, and maybe Tikshana in ODIs uh, there might be a little bit of shuffling around you also have to kind of look at uh, because Sri Lanka haven't played a lot of ODI cricket during the last couple of years with T20 cricket kind of taking the um, like the main stage because of the two World Cups during the last couple of years. I think there's a little bit of experimentation that can be done, also considering the, uh, the conditions in India. Like you mentioned about Dasun Shanaka, okay, if he does trust himself to bowl a little bit more, maybe you do away with, Chamika but he's of course he's had a he's had a pretty good run in ODI cricket but mm. it's always good I think to be a bit flexible especially considering the conditions you'll be playing um, in so I think yeah like I mentioned uh, this series should give us a good indication as to what kind of combination Sri Lanka are looking at Going forward this year.
2: So for me, a couple of uh, quick discussion points. One is the middle order, like what you already mentioned. Mm-hmm. One name I really, I really like this player, Dananjay Silva. He's he's mm-hmm. been he's sort of hit and miss. That's that's the way he is. I think it's just something to accept, because he's played those unbelievable knocks, like third innings, fourth innings, hundreds in tests, yes. and some of those real back to the wall ODI innings. I really want him to also become the same sort of player consistently. I, I I guess I'm expecting too much, because sometimes with players like this, with players like him, Maxwell, it's very tough to get that consistency because. Their mindset is different. But I really want him to stand mm-hmm. up. Also from bowling, Kumara, I miss the um, fast bowler, right? Right, right, i right. I'm fast yep. bowler. And also Binura mm-hmm. Fernando. Uh, maybe these people might again come back into the mix before the World Cup. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, probably more. But I'm I'm really hoping we get to see a bit more of this. These were fast, really nice, very attractive proposition if you're just an mm-hmm. like a fan, right? So
1: I think just looking at those two names, uh, I don't really see Binura Fernando coming in. Particularly to the ODI squad, hmm. just because he's had so much of issues with injuries, and I mean even at the T Twenty World Cup, he really struggled. Uh, the LPL, he basically bowled on one leg in that final. So, um, oh, okay. just just you know, just the injury uh, area is a big big concern for Sri Lanka. I, I'm hoping we will have Dushmanta Chamira fit. Uh, come the World Cup. But Lahiru Kumar is definitely an exciting prospect. He's been kind of on an upward trend, I think, over the last 12 months or so. Um, Has put in a couple of consistent performances. So he might be in the mix. He is, of course, um, touring India with this squad. So we might see him um, in the next three games. Uh, But just on Silva, I think ODI cricket is probably much more his game than T20 cricket. And he had he so much value with the ball as well. So he would be, to me, a, a really good pick in that middle order in ODI cricket. I, I'm not too keen on him playing the T20s. I think the main reason he gets picked is because he bowls. Um, but his primary responsibility, obviously, is to get some runs. And that doesn't hasn't happened um, in the recent past. So that's an area of concern for T20s, which Sri Lanka shouldn't be worrying about this year. Odia Cricket, I think he's, de- he's definitely a must-pick must in that middle order.
2: Fair enough, fair enough. So, these are the men's team, but uh, there's a women's World Cup coming up in a month's time or so. So, would you quickly take us through how the Sri Lankan women's team is shaping up for the World Cup, players we can watch out for?
1: I mean, Sri Lanka basically did not play any cricket during 2020, right? After the T20 World Cup in Australia, which was kind of... Hmm. A pity considering, you know, everybody else was out there playing Um, and Sri Lanka already kind of a few steps behind the bigger teams in, in world cricket, right? And then to miss out on basically 12 months of cricket was kind of unacceptable um anyway during the last year 2022 they've had a lot more cricket both domestically and internationally and uh, with the women's championship on you know you're you're going to get a set number of tours every year uh or for that cycle so that is good uh for sri lanka i think we 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 are already seeing um the results of having more competitive cricket more often uh Mm -hmm. we are in 2022 sri lanka managed to get into the final of the asia cup beating pakistan uh they had a reasonably i mean a reasonably good year the asia cup final was obviously the highest point but just looking at the team in the past it's always kind of centered around one person or two people but that doesn't seem to be the case at the moment. I mean, Chamari Atapattu is obviously the player who a lot of opposition will have their eye on.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: in the likes of Hasini Pereira, Harshita Vikrama, you've got players who seem to be kind of coming out of her shadow. I know Harshita Vikrama has made a lot of runs during the last year, has played a couple of really crucial knocks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really positive sign for Sri Lanka. She's quite young um and has has hopefully a long way to go in the international game on the bowling front you know you you've got a few young players coming through Kavisha Dilharis one player i think who is rated quite highly by uh Adhapattu and the management um mm-hmm. so th- so that's that's also she's also another exciting prospect Another one I I don't know if you've heard is uh, obviously Vishmi Gunaratna, uh, just 19 years of age. She's captaining the Mm under-19 team that will be going for the inaugural under-19 World Cup in January, just um, about a week to go for that tournament. So she's another exciting prospect and attacking better at the top of the order. Uh, Not something you see very often in Sri Lanka. So uh, Mm -hmm. obviously there's, I mean, just watching her in international cricket she does seem like there's a long way to go, but I think the intent and the mentality is great. Um, but overall, the area that Sri Lanka have shown during the last year is definitely the spin bowling. Uh, Inoka Ranavira, Rana Singh have been pretty fantastic with the ball. I think both of them finished amongst the top five wicket takers in the world last year in T20 cricket. So obviously that's, that's one area where they've excelled um, for Sri Lanka, just going into that World Cup, I think it's going to be tough. Sri Lanka in a very tough group. They've got, I think, South Africa, Australia, Bangladesh, um, and New Zealand. So they've they've got right. maybe one game against Bangladesh, which 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 you would expect them to win, but the other three are going to be really tough. It 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 can't be easy coming up against teams who you know have like much better resources. South Africa will be playing at home. They are a team that has been kind of, you know, on on the way up during the past couple of years. So uh, it's going to be tough. I think. Uh, I think their main focus should be definitely a win against Bangladesh, but if they can, if they can cross the line against one of those other three teams, I think they'll come back quite happy. It's difficult yeah. to imagine them going beyond the first round. So, I mean, you have to be realistic, right? The, the the quality of cricket they've played in the recent past doesn't suggest or give you any indication that they're going to blow everyone away at the World Cup. So, I think just winning against Bangladesh will be the minimum. Uh, but if they can pull off an upset against one of those other three teams, they'll come back very happy.
2: I agree, sort of a very realistic estimate, what you give. Also, good to hear about the player player purview, player preview. And, uh, yeah, well, we really hope, you know, Sri Lanka can outperform, as you say,
1: yeah.
2: maybe mm-hmm. Shock New Zealand or England or somebody. It'll be fantastic. Australia somehow really seem to be the team mm-hmm. uh, that somebody has to stop from winning the World Cup. I mean, they lost one game in yeah. 2022. I don't know, I don't know mm-hmm. how that works at... At all mm-hmm. levels, they lost one game. So it was quite crazy. But anyway, uh, an interesting Women's World Cup coming up. And thanks us, uh, thanks to you yeah. for providing a Sri Lankan women's perspective there. Now, if you were to move on, if you were to take a look at the other news, right? So mm-hmm. the news from off the cricketing field. We can now maybe first look at a quick uh, couple of stories, which are slightly older, but because we haven't uh, been doing a few episodes in between. So Russell Domingo has resigned as the Bangladesh head coach. I think it's his mentality, the way he wanted to go through with his job, the approach he brought was slightly clashing with the way the board wanted things done. I don't know if you've read anything mm-hmm. about this or covered this for
1: uh, Papa, eh? uh I haven't really covered it, but just like on the outset, Bangladesh haven't been really doing that well, have they, in the recent past. They seem to be a team now from from a team that was, you know, really competitive uh, and could basically, you know, on their day beat anyone. They've become a team, once again, who are kind of struggling to find match winners in their lineup. Um, So I think maybe it was also time for a change because... You know, there's only so much time in country, in particularly in South Asian countries. There's only so much time the coach is given, right, to produce the results that they want. Uh so maybe also it was kind of time now to move on to some to someone else, um, and see see if that works for them.
2: Mm-hmm. So that's one thing, and other one. Look, um, I think his management style also was clashing. You've heard people like Akram mm-hmm. Khan talk about it. They want a slightly more Um, micromanaged approach i'm sorry to use that word there but that's
1: that's the south asian way isn't it micromanaging (laughs) things you know down to the t so yeah
2: maybe but also i think accountability perspective they have a bit more control Mm -hmm. the board you've occasionally heard the Mm -hmm. board president get involved in discussions about players when the series is going on Mm -hmm. weird things but well i mean as i said i don't want to comment too much about another board in the neighborhood when the big a big board in the middle of it all is already being weird we'll get to that shortly okay. so um but okay maybe they they also want to coach the coach sort of uh, chances have run out as you rightly pointed out on the field the results are really bad so if you remember how bangladesh were come in the 2019 world cup they, they had yeah. this sort of an aura around them where pe- teams would not take them lightly. We are heading into mm-hmm. another World Cup year now. They don't produce the same sort of fear in teams, I guess, mm-hmm. or the worry in teams. So that's something I think you're right. So uh, that's something I think they'll want to fix. S- some inconsistency has crept in. They had very effectively ruled that out of their approach and their game. But now, suddenly, Mm -hmm. all of those things which used to bother them in early 2000s, early 2010s have come back. So, they'll have to go back to the drawing board a little bit. I think in in Shakib, they have a good captain, if a little bit temperamental Mm -hmm. one. We, again, saw a little bit of a tantrum for a no-ball or wide or Mm -hmm. something. But that's okay. That's just Shakib being Shakib. But at the end of the day, what he brings to the team as a skipper and as one of the experienced people, I think that's very good and i think they need to persist but more importantly uh, sort of uh iron out these little things the inconsistencies they have a really strong young core which can take bangladesh forward but uh, it's sort of how the seniors and the, these young core work together sort of produce those you know those slight shocking results that bangladesh always did
1: uh,
2: from those going to shocking to more more regular thing is what needs to happen
1: now mm-hmm. right? yes yeah.
2: that's yeah. the next thing now If we go back to that uh, weird thing happening with the slightly bigger board in the area, I said, that is the Indian Cricket Board. I don't know what they're doing. They have renamed Chetan Sharma as the chairman of selectors, and that -hmm. that 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 document that has been released, you know, that sort of memo that goes out that says after due consideration and so on. I don't know what they were doing, sacking the whole board, then reappointing this guy as the head of the board. I mean, I really can't make much of it. Some other people who were sort of sacked also are back in other th- other people are uh newly newly sort of integrated into this board so that part again some of the things that goes on behind the closed doors in BCCI, i think you know if somebody were to make a reality series out of it i mean that's a real money <laughs> spinner i think
1: yeah i think i think so because it seems to generate so much discussion doesn't it i mean just from an outsider's perspective mm. uh, it just does not make sense that the guy you sacked a month ago is now reappointed at this in the same role it's just i mean it just doesn't make sense right then if you had issues with how he was running things maybe it could have been a discussion instead of a sacking.
2: exactly
1: um, i don't know yeah
2: anyway i mean as i said it's like we talk of inconsistency sometimes or some shock appointments or sackings that happen in all the boards in south asia so well, I think India is just following the trend there. We thought they had bucked the trend and were looking more, you know, uh, in their in their mindset more like Australia or England. Well, they're as Asian as anybody else. <laughs> there you go. Okay. They they sacked the whole board. They appointed the same guys. The chairman of the board. All right, that's one thing. The next one. Well, I mean, Pakistan Cricket Board, uh, I think, has some issues with the current chairman of the Asian Cricket Council, certain Mr. Jaisa, mm-hmm. who's also the secretary of the Indian board, and let let's put it as it must be that he's the most powerful man there so mm-hmm. i think there was some some exceptions taken by his twitter account or him announcing all the upcoming um schedules for the asian cricket council's events this year mm-hmm. and uh, pakistan cricket boards a new chairman najam city saying that uh, When did they ever consult PCB? What is this? Why do you make unilateral announcements? You always do this and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. Then it came out that Asian Cricket Council said, check your mailbox. We sent you something on 22nd December. You never responded to us. Mm -hmm. Again, as I said, please make a reality series and you can simply Mm -hmm. earn money out of it, right? What's going on here? So uh, sometimes I just think, I don't know if PCB objected for the sake of objecting, just to show that the new board Mm -hmm. is now active. Uh, I, I don't know what it was all about, and then there is no response. So there is actually an interview of Najam Sethi on Tuck, Sports Tuck, as it's called. It's the, uh, it's some sort of a sporting uh, program run by the Arch Tak TV channel in India. So mm. I'm very curious how that, I've not yet got a chance to listen to that interview. I want to listen to it and how he rebuts, how the board reacted. So I'm very curious, but all in all, as I said, a space to keep your eye on. Because there's more coming up this year. Because there's going to be a Asia Cup that was initially slated to be held in Pakistan. But mm-hmm. ACC announced they want to hold it in Sharjah, Dubai. And then Pakistan said, no, we are not ready to give it away. Because mm-hmm. if it were to be hosted in Pakistan, it's a good thing. Because more yeah. international cricket will go to Pakistan. But one of the bigger teams or one of the bigger draws of audiences, India, will probably mm-hmm. not go. So mm-hmm. it'll again be some sort of a debated thing. So I'm expecting more more interesting news coming out of this space. What do you think, Kestel? How it'll go?
1: Yeah, I mean it's a very tough situation, isn't it? Because you want cricket to be played in Pakistan and you feel like that's their right as well, right? To have uh cricket played in their home grounds so they can they can their crowds get to witness the highest level of the sport uh um, and then india is not willing to tra- travel to pakistan and i don't know what the political e- i mean i i won't say that i know the mm. the integrity gritties about the political situation and you know um you know what what the the exact issues are there but i think there's a lot just on on the on the pcb's objection to uh you know the posting of uh the acc's fixtures and stuff i think obviously there's 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 a whole there's this big objection about india dominating world cricket right now in the sense of you know administratively uh, so that may have been one of the reasons why uh, you know you 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 think what right does you know one man have to suddenly decide this without your input and, you know, put it together. Whatever went down there, uh, you know, w- w- where the emails were sent or what happened, I don't know. Uh, but there is that kind of feeling that India, because they are such a rich board, they control everything. And obviously that's not taken well by a lot of other countries. Um, But on the Asia Cup, yeah, you know, I would love to see it played in Pakistan. But if it's not played in Pakistan, I would love to see it played in Sri Lanka because obviously Sri Lanka didn't get the opportunity last year when, when it was slated to be played here. So I, I don't know. If India don't travel, obviously, that will be a massive hit on, on the commercial side of things, right? Because
2: mm-hmm.
1: let's be honest, Pakistan-India is the biggest draw of the Asia Cup or Absolutely. any world tournament for that. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, I mean that will be a major hit so it's difficult to see the tournament actually going ahead with India not traveling to Pakistan so I mean alternatively come to Sri Lanka I think that that would be the perfect kind of uh, remedy Mm -hmm. because it is slated to be held before the World Cup so it would be good preparation for um, the ODI World Cup also.
2: Absolutely, you're still playing in Asian conditions and uh, well, Sri Lanka can definitely benefit and you can then also play India-Pakistan there so it will not be a problem but I think we will see a few more twists and turns before this is settled one way or the other. Well, keep your eyes out on this space. this is worth following as I said. Then the next one is well, uh, slightly alarming story, puns, accident and uh, Mm -hmm. how he managed to, they say he crawled out of the car himself but two Samaritans who helped him, people from the Haryana transport board who were the driver and conductor of a bus who got down and were able to pull this man out from a potentially very explosive situation, saved, pulled him to safety mm-hmm. and they were duly rewarded. This is very good. And I think this is one glimpse of how humanity is still alive and sort of still thriving. And there is still values that keep people going not just money and other things this is very nice to see because um there were people who were sitting in a bus that was traveling they could have they were in charge of mm-hmm. that bus they could have just kept going
1: and also yeah. i heard that they they didn't know who he was right yes they yes yes, out. yes yeah yeah
2: so that at least one of them even did not recognize him after the name was given the second one said oh mm-hmm. i know you i know your name the second one is like mm-hmm. who's this guy i don't know him so that was nice to mm-hmm. see that they did not care whether it was celebrity or somebody just saved a guy out of a car that was in a very bad situation so first of all we wish panth all the best i mean he's fought himself out of some very tough situations for his team now he's in a position where he needs to use all of that guts to fight out of a situation for himself so he's had some um, knee ligament operations that's going that's just mm-hmm. been done and he was airlifted to mumbai for that so that he can be monitored better by bcci doctors so I think at least we are really hoping he's able to come back to the field, maybe at least before the end of this year. Yeah. I mean, I was mm-hmm. hoping he'll make the India squad for the World Cup, but that that will be very optimistic, frankly. And we really hope, you know, all of those reports, the MRI scans that they took of uh, him after the crash have been positive. So at least there's no nerve damage or there's no damage mm-hmm. to his spine and so on. So that that's all good. But still, it's a long way back because he'll be in crutches for a few months, I think, before he can walk and then run and get fit for the World Cup. So that's not going to happen. Yeah. Probably missing an IPL is going to be more or less guaranteed. So we're really hoping he's able to at least make a comeback before the India domestic season and the international season in the end of this year, right? So it's, he's a very young man and he's, a, as we already said, yeah. he's a mentally a very strong man as well. So both physically and mentally, he's in the right frame of mind and place so that he's able to, you know, recover from these injuries and long may we see these sort of rare occasions where humanity triumphs where people lend a hand to help somebody they may or they may not even know right this is fantastic Mm -hmm. to see so from one slightly positive story to one that may or may not be the best one so if you shift the focus to the yorkshire cricket club in england where lord kamlesh patel was the chairperson who was sort of appointed to lead Yorkshire Cricket Club through some choppy waters when all of these racial allegations from Azim Rafik and all of these other people came up. He's done a commendable job, but I think it's getting to him. So it's almost two years that he's been taken the job on and he says this year in the AGM he'll quit. Sometimes we expect AGM to take place before the beginning of the season, I suppose. So he'll probably quit his role, he says. And then well I think he he said the lack of respect for him He saw that in Mm -hmm. the members so Mm -hmm. that's the opposition and the lack of respect for his thought processes was something he he had to always rub against and it consistently sort of wears you down i suppose and then he said yeah i've had enough there's more to be done Mm -hmm. out there i'm going so this is going to be interesting who's going to step in to the breach to take that over because he sort of repaired some of the damages but a lot more need to be done i think because it's sort of a reckoning that's happening rightly in english cricket whether the time and the place is this or another, a reckoning had to happen, and uh, Azim Rafiq, yeah. you know, with a very brave, brave sort of a thing, did it. And a lot of careers have suffered. A lot of well-known people, Michael Vaughn, mm-hmm. you know, we we are going to probably discuss Gary Ballance as, as well, right? So, mm-hmm. all of these people, they, well, their careers sort of came to a stop. Michael one off field. will probably recover sooner than Gary Balance. But look, Gary Balance mm-hmm. is now trying his luck back with his uh, country of birth, Zimbabwe, right? Mm-hmm. So some, sometimes these, these harsh things happen, but it's better that, it's better that our body and our people look inward, try to figure out what's yeah. going on themselves and try to fix it before it becomes such a big issue that the rest of the world is forced to point at it and then you are then forced to take action right so that way yeah i don't know what your thoughts are on this issue
1: yeah i think you're absolutely right the 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 fact that they need to look inwards i think is a big big thing here Uh, whether the offenses happened five years ago 10 years ago or even a lifetime ago i think it's important to address them rather than you know just sweep them under the carpet and you know if this happened a long time ago that kind of argument doesn't really work and i think in a society like what we see in england right now right mm. when you have so many cultures mingling and you've got this history of racism and you know racial discrimination it's it becomes that much more important to address issues like this we've seen a massive i mean just as again as an outsider looking in uh some of the stories you hear surrounding the reaction Rafik has had after coming out and you know exposing this it makes you understand why this needs to be addressed and these things need to be sorted out because he's he has he's had a lot of abuse I think since you know coming out with these stories mm. and mm. you know after Yorkshire had to go through all this you know basically upheaval it really, it further reiterates why it needs to be addressed. So I think uh, whoever comes after Patel Mm. will need to kind of go forward with the same kind of intensity and ensure that players not only understand that they should not do certain things, but understand why they should not be doing certain things. Because sometimes it really is in jest and it could be in jest or something you don't mean or something they call banter but they should understand why why speech like that is inappropriate or why behavior like that is inappropriate in situations. so um, hopefully whoever comes after Patel is is, is, he deals with it with that same intensity um, as he did
2: yeah I mean not to you know sort of all sweep it under the carpet and wait until it's all forgotten Mm -hmm. right so it's opened a can of worms which not a lot of people would like to address but it's rather best address here and now rather than letting it uh, sort of fester again and it's sort of something that lives just under the society's fabric and it doesn't mm-hmm. come up very often but when it does it's best to deal with it in the correct way even if it means taking a little bit of time and causing a little bit of pain to some of the other people that are involved so it's it's a very nuanced topic i understand and we hope mm-hmm. the best uh, the best outcome for this is followed so to finish off one small one small interesting point so saru ganguly has decided to join delhi capitals again as the director of cricket he was in this position before he was uh sort of uh yeah elevated and then he took part in bcci chairman selection and was the bcci chairman but now he's going back to his like of sort of guiding molding players and teams And I think Mm -hmm. he's going to join forces if Punter goes back there. That'll be a fantastic team. Him, Amre, Praveen Amre and Punter. they had a wonderful, wonderful time there. And they sort of molded the DC team that reached the finals and did really well, consecutive IPLs. So we really Mm -hmm. hope, you know, Ganguly is again able to make the same impact for Delhi Capitals. They may have a different skipper this year because we don't know about Pant as we just discussed. So some interesting Mm -hmm. times. So, I mean, when it comes to Ganguly, I have my own theories, right? So why he left BCCI and so on. But those are not for this time. I think we've bad more BCCI enough. There's more to come in the up- upcoming mm-hmm. episode, surely. All right. Uh, those are all the topics and all the news we wanted to discuss in this episode. Thank you very much for a detailed chat, Estelle. It's been wonderful chatting with you. And uh, we really appreciate the time you've been able to give to this podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Ajit, for having me. It's been fun.
2: Before we let you go, we would like you to plug any, any things like your current
1: work, your upcoming work,
2: your social media handles.
1: Yeah. So uh, Twitter is where basically I, you know, I handle my work stuff. So you can find me on Estelle underscore Vasudevan uh, or just search for Estelle Vasudevan. You should be able to find me. I'm currently, I write for the papare.com, which is basically a website for a website in Sri Lanka. And also podcast at 99.94. So me and my colleague, Mark Machado, handle the Sri Lanka on 99.94. So if, if you are listening to this and you like podcasts, definitely give us a listen. Uh, you can find us on the app or YouTube or any any other platform where you find your podcasts.
2: Perfect yeah i really hope we can collaborate again in the future if i can be of service at some time in the future do let me know but i will also reach out to you the, this is a very enjoyable chat we also wish all our listeners a very good day wherever they may be listening from let a goodbye from me and my co-host esther thank you very much bye-bye this is the armchair cricket podcast